All right, so Porn Stash is just taken off chasing after our cook. That leaves pretty much you and I as the last two spacemen standing here, Rob. I got to tell you, this feels wrong. It feels very wrong. We're trapped on a sentient planet who's basically killing all of us off by using our own fears against us. I don't think we're going to make out of this alive, Rob. And I had so many things I wanted to do when I got off of this, when I got off this planet, you know, so many yeah. things. I, well, I don't know. That may be a bucket list that's uh, not going to be fulfilled, my friend. Yeah, that bucket list just got kicked. Yeah. What is that? Do you hear that noise? What is that noise? It sounds like, I want to say, circus music? What would, why would there be circus music in space? Uh, I'm hoping that there's a fun house around, maybe? But honestly, oh, geez, look behind that rock. Is that a clown? Not just any clown. That's a fucking juggalo. Are you afraid of juggalos, Rob? Terrified of juggalos. Holy crap. Oh, no. So it's clearly tapped into your fear. And now there's more. Oh, great. We're surrounded by juggalos. We're surrounded. Oh, my gosh. What? Mark. They're not alone. Mark, uh, what is that? Why did really crappy disco music just start playing? Because look, mixed in with the juggalos are very unattractive male exotic dancers with no rhythm and back knee. Oh, God, I'm going to vomit. Does... It's tapped into my fears too, Rob. Oh. We're not long for this planet. Why We're does... we closer. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> this is it, Rob. This is nice. Hold me. Prepare yourself for the ultimate battle. Galaxy of Terror. Hell has just been relocated. It orbits a burned out star at the edge of the galaxy. Waiting a billion years to scare you to death. Trapped in a living maze of terror. What are the odds of us getting out of here? What are the odds? Stranded astronauts Edward Albert and Aaron Moran battle hordes of hideous shadow demons, encounter the razor-sharp living glass, brave the pit of doomed souls, just to discover the only way out is death. Welcome back, 
booze and ghouls to one more episode of midnight mass creature cast from that wonderfully creepy atmospheric trailer you have joined us for galaxy of terror from 1981 i'm your co-host mark and i'm always joined by the incredibly awesome today i'm ranger oh you're gonna go ranger all right that means i get to wear the porn stash yeah all right so you're ranger okay well that's cool and we, of course, are wearing the incredibly tight-fitting space outfits. <laughs> yeah, with weird ropes on them for some reason. Yeah, yeah, just for no reason. Mm. And uh, backpacks that look like they shouldn't hang on, but they somehow do. Backpacks that aren't full backpacks are just kind of top hooks. Exactly, right. Yeah, I don't know how that would work in, in, in uh, the real world, but yeah, it, it somehow they made it work in the film. Mm, indeed, especially when they're climbing. I, I don't understand <laughs> right. that. Especially when they're climbing. Yeah, exactly. I guess in space, well, I, yeah, I guess in space you could do what you want. In space, you don't yes. need to specialize. You don't, <laughs> I don't know, I couldn't even think of what I was going to say now, but it was something no. about space. In space, you just don't. Yeah, in space, no one can, no one knows what kind of backpack you're wearing. <clears throat> exactly. That's true. That's true. So, of course, what we're talking about is uh, Galaxy of Terror. Uh, directed by Bruce D. Clark, and I know nothing else from this gentleman, so I don't have to go into him whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but it's produced by the always awesome Roger Corman. And he's brought us like Death Race, Piranha, Humanoids from the Deep, Forbidden World, any any basic horror, uh, what, how would you say it? Camp classic, he's brought us. So and, I love Roger Corman so much. And it's got a, and you can tell it's a Roger Corman film because it has weird rape scenes in it. That we'll get to that, but yeah, it's got really bizarre stuff. It's got a mixture of sex and violence, and uh, that's kind of his calling card. And yep. so there's there's that in this for sure. Um, now, so Rob, when was the first time you actually experienced Galaxy of Terror for yourself? <laughs> At your behest, uh, yesterday was the first time. Ah, okay, and then. So what did you think of it? Did you oh, did you enjoy the film? <laughs> um, I still, honestly, I'm very ambivalent. I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> okay. Um, honestly, very, very difficult to figure out. There was little to no dialogue in this movie. And it left me with, it was kind of just there. Okay. All so right. So there was nothing for me to latch onto. There was no story driving it really, unless the story was the movie itself and I kind of missed it. I don't know. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. So that was my first time and I, I still don't know what to make of this. All right. Okay. So we'll just buckle up and, and, and it'll be a bumpy ride. Okay. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right. Okay. So I saw this years ago on cable. I was, a, I was a, a kid and I was just, taken with the thing it's clearly an alien ripoff uh you know uh uh this is mr corman once again trying to cash in on something else that was popular um and then he he followed this one up with forbidden world from 82 and that's it's pretty much almost a rehash of the costumes and the sets and everything um but i love this one uh i could watch this again and again on loop um i the the cast i really enjoy um but yeah, it's a it's a sci-fi horror mix um, with 
kind of an odd grouping of people. Uh, I'll get into that in just a second. But yeah, it's uh, it's got some gore to it. It's got some sci-fi elements to it. Um, and then, like you said, there's that weird uh, population scene. We'll get to that. But yeah, um, I got to admit, it's, it's not a guilty pleasure because I don't, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. It's just a, a pleasure of mine. I do love this one quite a bit. Um, just real quick, do you care if I kind of just do all the cast real fast? Oh, that's fine. Go for it. Okay. Um, so just very quickly, um, like I said, the director, I really don't know anything else that Mr. Clark has done, but James Cameron worked on the film. Ah, yes. He worked as art director. Yes. And this was the first thing he ever shot. He shot the, uh, one scene with the arms, uh, with Sid Haig. Uh, but we, of course, know Mr. Cameron from Piranha 2, The Spawning from 81. That was a Corman film. And he would later go on to make The Terminator and Aliens. I'll be back. Also, Bill Paxton, the actor Bill Paxton was involved with this. He oh, yes, I did read dresser. that. Yeah. And then Bill Paxton, of course, worked with Mr. Cameron on Aliens as well. He was also in the movie Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, which I love. And he was in Mortuary, which is another cool one, and Near Dark, which I've talked about before. But I just want to mention that. Now, as far as our crew member goes, uh, members go, we have uh, Captain uh, Trantor, and that's Grace Zabrinsky. Yes, Zabrisky. Zabrisky, I, I already said her name wrong. Yeah, I have seen her in a lot of TV shows and maybe a couple of movies. But the names of the movies, when I looked at her, you know, IMDb, I was like, wow, I don't remember any of these movies, but then I did, like, I seen her on, like I said, some TV shows. And gotcha, so it yeah. Was like, okay. Now I know her, for, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, let me cut you off, Rob. Oh, no, that's fine. I, I was just like, I, you know, I had seen her before, but I never knew her name. Gotcha. Um, I'm familiar with her from, like, a couple of things. Uh, she's done some David Lynch things. She was in Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern from the 90s. Um, also with David Lynch, she was uh, Sarah Palmer, Laura Palmer's mother in Twin Peaks. Um, and then horror wise, she was in Child's Play 2 from 1990. I don't know if you saw that one. Of course I did. OK. And then she was in The Grudge, the American uh, version from 2004 with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Hmm. Yes. Did you see that yeah. one? Oh, I did. I, I saw all three Grudge films. Yep. Okay, so she was the woman that Sarah Michelle was actually hired to care for because the first woman um, kind of met a, a horrible fate, if you remember. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. I thought okay. that might help. Yeah, now, I might be just going completely crazy here, but in this film, she looked old and young at the same time, and also <laughs> she looked like she could be Michelle Pfeiffer's mother. Okay, I can see where you're saying all these things. I think she looked old and young at the same time because I think she, uh, like she was like just barely 40, 42 something. But her hair, they, 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 they silvered her hair up to make her look older. Ah, okay. I, got, I just thought that was her natural hair color. Because I believe there's <laughs> only like two years difference between her and Sid Haig in this film. Like in real life, the actors. Mm, okay. Like they were very close in age. Yeah. So that's that jarring. Yeah, she looks old and young at the same time. And then I, th I think the eyes is 
to me what connects her with Michelle Pfeiffer. They got those piercing eyes. I yeah. Think. So she does like those Michelle Pfeiffer and her. It's like they share the same kind of eyes. Yeah. I could totally see where you're saying that. Yeah. But yeah, that was a jarring thing where they because I think with her being the captain, they wanted to give her more of a stately feel. Hmm. So they grayed her hair up or silvered. I, to me, it looked more silver than gray. It looked like they actually like just put silver paint in her hair. Yeah, it it looked strange because at uh, I guess it was the lighting where I was watching. But at one point, it looked like a natural kind of whitening of the hair. Yeah. And I was right. like, she looks so young, but yet old. Hmm. Yeah. It, it just really- and I love how how unhinged she is in the film. Oh, too. man, she's like a, she's like a total drunk. She's crazed. Yeah. She, <laughs> she's off her rock. She's cray cray. <laughs> she is. Um, and then uh, the commander under her is Commander Al- Alvor. Alvar? Uh, Alvar, I believe. And that's Bernard Behrens. Um, Now, he was from The Changeling. Did you ever see that one from the 80s? The ghost? Mm. No, I don't believe I have. Oh, okay. It's, I think it's creepy. It's very much what people call like a slow burn. I'm doing the little finger thing again. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think it's very good. Um, and then he was in the the Man with Two Brains, the Steve Martin film. Oh, of course I know that one. And then he did three episodes of the Friday Thirteenth series. Wow, I'm gonna have I to know. go back and rewatch the Friday the Thirteenth series because I really barely remember anyone from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was on that. And then we've got uh, Balon, who is the uh, second in command, and he's the real hateful guy. Oh, he's a real bastard. Yeah. He's crazy. And he's very uh, trigger happy, too, as well. He is. <laughs> and he's always got this look on his face like he smells shit everywhere. Yeah, he's just an unhappy camper. Yeah. Um, and that's Zalman Zing. He did an episode of the Munsters in 65. So he must have been like super young in that one. Um, and then I know him from Trip with Teacher, which is like a ton of, like a teen sexploitation thing from 75. And then he did Endangered Species with Joe Beth Williams from 82. And we talked about her on the Poltergeist episode. Okay, yeah. And then Mr. Pornstash himself is Cabrin. Cabrin? Cabrin? Their names are like so, I, it's hard for me yeah, to Yeah, they like have the weirdest freaking names. Weird, I think it's trying to make it seem spacey. Yeah. But anyway, like, that's uh, Edward Albert. And he's the uh, gentleman with the, the mustache and the brown hair. And he doesn't um, have a porn stash in this photograph here, though. Yeah, no, but in the movie he did. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, and then I know him. Well, okay, so he's the son of Eddie Albert. Did you ever see uh, Green Acres, mm-hmm. the TV show? Yeah, okay, you still that's love that. Da- that's his dad. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's his father. That's totally his father. Um, wow, But that's now cool. uh, he was from Butterflies Are Free from 72, which I caught that on TV like as a kid, and I loved the thing. It had Goldie Hawn in it. I love that movie so much. And then he was also in Killer Bees uh, with uh, Kate Jackson from Charlie's Angels. It was a TV movie. I did um, see Killer Bees when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, with, with Gloria Swanson. Now, did you ever see The House Where Evil Dwells? It's from 82. Mm, no, I've never even heard of it. Okay, he's in that. We may want to cover that, too. It's got like a samurai ghost that haunts the house. It's oh, shit. Very <laughs> odd. It's very weird. And he was in Mimic 2 from 2001. Really now? Well. Yep. Huh. I do not yes. remember him from Mimic 2. Yep. He's got that Mimic 2 connection. Electric Boogaloo. It all comes back to Mimic. It all does. <laughs> <laughs> it all does. And then we have Aluma, the empath, who is Aaron Moran. 
Yeah. And um, she doesn't really say she's an empath. She's just like, I'm, I'm sensitive to certain things and energies and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh mm-hmm. boy, here we go. Yeah. Now that's, um, Joni Cunningham basically from happy days. It, no way, really? Oh, totally. Yeah, that's Joni Cunningham. Yeah, she played uh, Joni Cunningham um, on 239 episodes of Happy Days. Wow. And then she was also on Joni Loves Chachi. Um, she did 17 episodes of that. No, that's Joni Cunningham. I'm not lying. I'm she not looked familiar, but I just could not place her. And I did not I did not trace it back to Happy Days or Joni and Chachi. And yeah, my goodness. OK, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm zero for two right now. Yeah. So that's Joni. And then we have. Uh, Again, these names. Is it Q-Hod, I believe? Q-Hod? And that's oh, Sid Haig. Yeah, yeah q Sid, a yeah. very a very young-looking Sid Haig here, I might yeah. say. Looking good. Too, he, yeah, he's look, in shape. I mean, he's yeah, pretty like, buff. He's buff, exactly. And then um, I, if you're a horror fan at all, you're going to know Sid Haig. But some of the like more uh, smaller-known things I wanted to point out, he was in uh, two episodes of Batman, the TV show from 66. Um he was in Spider Baby or The Maddest Story Ever Told from 67, which I love that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's so weird. I love it. And it has Lon Chaney Jr. in it, which we kind of talked about him last last episode. Oh, yeah. I didn't now, see I, it, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah. And then I loved the TV show Electro Woman and Dino Girl. And he was on that one for one uh, for two episodes. He also showed up in our Werewolf TV uh, series that we need to watch from 88. He was in one episode of that. Oh, the Fox Werewolf TV series? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And of course, he did Jackie Brown from 97 and then House of a Thousand Corpses with Mr. Uh, Zombie from 2003. And then uh, The Devil's Rejects. Yep. And then now, did you ever see Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell? No. Oh, it's a good one. I highly recommend that, Rob. It's what like am- a Western horror kind of thing. I, I really like it a lot. A lot. I, I recommend it, but it's from 2015. What about the really bad vampire movie that came out early in the early 2000s? Um, Brotherhood of Blood or something like that? I never saw that one. Uh, hold on. Let me see here. <laughs> Is that Mr. Haig as well? Yeah, that's Sid Haig. Just give me a moment. I've got a. Is it listed? Now, Let's see. Now, while you talk about that, did you ever see the zombie um He's on a plane um, with zombies and it's was shot. So you didn't need to wear 3D glasses, but it looked 3D. It was actually kind of impressed. The movie wasn't so good, but the effect was pretty imp- impressive. Ah, yes. Brotherhood of Blood 2007. OK, but no, I did not see the zombie on a plane movie. <laughs> it was, But like the I don't know how they did it, but like I'm surprised they didn't do more movies like that because. It really did look 3D, but you didn't need glasses. Really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Huh. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he did that as well. Um, yeah. What was that called? You would think I would know. But anyway, yeah, um, I guess look look for that if you're curious enough to see that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But so that's Mr. Haig. And then um, we also get uh, who you are portraying today, Ranger who yes. is played by Robert England. The one and only Robert England. One and only. Um, he can't seem he to grow a mustache for the life of him, but no, he, I don't think he's got, he's got a lot of uh, luck with facial hair. Yeah. Um, and to me, he looks way more like he did in dead and buried than he does 
like the Fred Krueger robbery. Yeah, robbery he does. Movie. He looks like uh, very young and the, with the Amish beard thing going on. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> and I, I'm assuming he's kind of, I guess, like a medic, because when they bring that one body back on board, he's kind of looking at it with uh, the, uh, the other female on board. Um, so I'm guessing he's some sort of medical professional on board. But anyway, um, Mr. England uh, did the fifth floor from 78, which I love that one. And then Dead and Buried, which we just did from 81. And uh, of course, he's he's Fred Krueger. And he started that in 84 with The Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, now, did you ever see his Phantom of the Opera from 89? No, I have never seen that one. OK, he did that. And then, of course, The Mangler, which we talked about with Toby Hooper. He was in that. And then he also did the Midnight Man from 2016. Those are just some other ones. Because I didn't want to repeat the same ones I just talked about because we just talked about them last episode. So I tried to find other films. Right. And oh, I've got a, I've got a new or like a new, it's not new, new, but it's very, it's more new, I should say. Uh Or he played, I don't know if you've ever seen Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer, but he- Oh, yes. Yes. I did see that. Yes. He plays like the owner of this home that turns becomes the creature and he's a he's also a professor at a college and I just thought that was a really fun movie. Yeah, no, I totally saw that and I totally agree with you. Yes, I concur. Now Demia, Demia, De- I wish I could remember these names, but Demia, I think it's Demia. Oh, the, uh, the girl the- who gets raped by the giant um whatever the hell yes. that was. Yes. She uh is um along with uh, Aluma, the other female on, on board. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. I wonder if she's like a nurse or something because she actually kind of works in close proximity with Ranger, who I think is also a medic. Right. But now, I think they're actually not medics, but I believe it was they were the the scouts or something like that. Like them two were in charge of plotting the course, as far as I could tell. Oh, well, the only thing, Okay, I okay, I, I agree with that, but they were also like kind of going over the body. That's what made me think they had some sort of medical background. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that I honestly with this film, I think it's neither here nor there, to be honest with you. No, it probably doesn't even matter. <laughs> no. Um, but I know this actress, Taffy O'Connell, um, spelled with two A's and two F's, um, from New Year's Evil with Roz Kelly. Did you ever see that flasher? No. <laughs> the killer is killing people off in different time zones. It's it's, it's so <laughs> anyway. How does that great. happen? <laughs> I, it, I don't know. Anyway. And then she also was in Dismembered from 2003. And that's pretty much all I know her from. Um, and then uh, Kaz is the pretty much blinking. You miss him guy. He's our first like victim. Is he the scaredy um, cat guy? Yeah. The blonde. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And he was from summer school with Mark Harmon. And uh, he did a voice in Paranorman. I don't know if you ever saw Paranorman. No, I haven't. No, you might. I don't. Do you like cartoons? I like anime, but not cartoon. Oh, okay. Cartoons. Okay. Because yeah. it's a, it's like a kind of like a, a horror based cartoon, but it's kind of fun. But he did a voice in that. Hmm. Okay. And then our last person on board is our cook named Core. And that's K-O-R-E. And that's Ray Walston. Mm. And I have seen him in some films. I just can't remember which, but his face is very familiar. Okay. So I want to kind of talk to you in a second about him. So he was, he was probably best known to a lot of people from the TV show, My Favorite Martian, which ran from 63 to 66. I believe that's where I know him from then. Okay. Well, he was also in Robert Altman's Popeye with uh, Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall. 
Okay, I don't really recall him from that, but I don't. I know what you're talking about. Okay, are you a fan of Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Um, saw it once, thousands of years ago. Oh, okay. So okay I can't that, really say. Yeah. Okay, because he played Mr. Hand, and that was like kind of like a a cult character for people. So I thought that might be. He also did one episode of Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> it comes back to Friday the Thirteenth now. It sure does. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about because I had no idea this existed. He was in Saturday the 14th Strikes Back from 1988. I didn't know this film was around. Wow, I just remember the first Saturday the 14th film with the alligator. Me too. And I didn't know it even did well enough to warrant a second one. (laughs) (laughs) It probably didn't, but you know, they'll just come out with anything. Yeah, but now I want to see that. And since it's from 88, I wonder if we should cover it. (laughs) Hey, I'm, I'm game for it. And then he was also in the slasher popcorn from 91, which I actually like that one. But that takes care of pretty much everyone in the film. So we can move on from there. Yes, that's our cast. Yep. What an interesting cast of characters it is. It is. See, I really like it because it's just so odd. Like, I just think the 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 unmasking of these actors is just so quirky that it works for me. I don't know. I just love it. Okay. Okay. And this, of course, was Corman's last film with New World Pictures before he uh, uh, sold it and turned uh, uh, formed the New World Horizons. um, Okay. That's not much of a difference. Yeah. Right. (laughs) He's he's sticking with new. Yeah. Yeah. He went from New World to New Horizons. But anyway. All right. So we open up with the desolate planet. It's so very blue. It's basically a graveyard of spaceships. Yeah, and at first I thought it was Earth. I was like, why is the Earth so like dark, almost turquoise colored? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we see a very frightened man on an alien. Basically, it looks like a a set from the movie Aliens. (laughs) It does, and And I was hoping for, like, the the movie tricked me. Did it now? I was hoping for an Event Horizon Aliens mashup kind of thing, and it just, it didn't give me any of that. No, this is a Corman movie, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey, a guy can hope sometimes. I know, you know. I know. Um, but then uh, he's clearly upset and we see it uh, almost looks like a something in a dryer to me. That was what was that? It was like, I a, don't know, <laughs> a deformed body just kind of swirling around. Yeah, you know? in a dryer. Uh, <laughs> and then suddenly we are uh, we find out that we are on Xerxes. And we've got uh, Mitri, the Oracle of the game. And he's kind of, uh, his face is blurred out with red. Yeah, and I, I got him on my notes, like glowing redhead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And he's kind of playing with uh, with this, like an old, old crone almost. They're kind of playing this game. Yeah, and I'm guessing she's like the seer because she warns yeah. him of like some kind of cataclysmic event that's arriving. Or, I don't, this movie threw me off real big time. Yeah. Yeah. And then so basically uh, the the uh, the Remus, I believe, is uh, is a a ship that they are going to go on a reconnaissance mission mission to rescue the people because they've got like a distress call, more or less. Hmm. And so our our uh, captain, who we talked about before, is Grace, Grace Zabriskie, is uh, she's going to uh, lead her crew and she's going to. take off and she gives them like 30 seconds to prepare. Oh yeah. I love that. Where it's just like, let's kick things off, you know, hit the ground running kind of way. Exactly. So they're all like running around like chickens (laughs) with their heads cut off. 
And uh, poor Robert England. Uh, he can't uh, get a seatbelt on. No. <laughs> so he's got to like basically jump in the lap of uh, Damien. She wraps her legs around him just yeah, she's <laughs> to like, hold him tight. Come here, big boy. I'll be your seatbelt. <laughs> and I'm thinking that's not really going to work, I think, for space for a safe space travel. No, I don't think does. so. <laughs> and that was like that was where I knew at this point that this movie was going to take me on a trip. Oh yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Like, most definitely. I may not like the trip, but I'm still going on a trip. Exactly, exactly. And then this is also where we get the little uh kind of like bickering b- between Balon and and Cabrin that like, you know, Cabrin for some reason was in charge, but now this go round that that Balon is in charge. He's the second in command, so he's going to kind of put uh uh, Cabrin in his place, and Cabrin's the porn stash guy. That, yeah. That's Ed, Edward Albert. So, and I don't know, man. But yeah, continue. I, I, I'll save that for a little bit later. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, and then, uh, so then, uh, our captain turns to uh, was it? Um, is that Core? Is it Core that's with her? Uh, no, she turns to uh, uh, Commander Alvar. Um, the the older gentleman with gray hair and she's like uh, she said that when she does stuff like that it gets the gear stored in a hurry when she gives him 30 seconds to take off oh yes yes i forgot yeah. about that guy yeah and then this is where we find out that on the hesperus um our captain trantor was the last was the sole survivor right and apparently she's got ptsd about it oh yeah she's not she should not be commanding any more ships ever no <laughs> She's not well, clearly. She's she is not well, and she should not be helming the the uh, the ship at all. But so she is, and and they're off for a ride. Um, and then they're approaching Organtis, and then the the ship basically it's the camera just shaking to make the ship look like it's moving really fast. Yeah, I didn't know what they were doing because she said, um. Basically, like she engaged the the light speed drive or something. Yeah, and I, mean, I just the thought they were drive. Yeah, I thought they were hurtling through space. I didn't know they were actually landing on a planet. See, this is yeah. a, a a thing that the movie does constantly, where it pissed me off. Where it's like I don't know where I am. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, she went into manual overdrive. Now, I will say this, Rob. I'm not telling you that you have to do this, but things really are laid out very clearly. But it's thrown at you very quickly. And if you watch it again and again, it really is laid out very, it does make a lot of sense, but it's just thrown at you very quickly. So okay. for people watching it the first time, it really is like, it feels like it's all over the place. But the more you watch it, it really is very succinct and like uh, laying things out. It I just gotcha. comes at you very quickly. Okay. So yeah, I'll probably have to give it another chance, maybe two or three watches just so I can understand because it felt like there was no driving force behind it it was kind of all visual exposition instead of uh story driven uh-huh and yeah. so it's like i i didn't know where i was for most of this movie they really do uh if you are one of those people who <laughs> who are are looking for a film that's not going to give you a lot of story and get into the action pretty quick this is one for you mm. I don't know. I kind of needed my hand held throughout this because I was like, why are they doing this? What's uh, what's driving them? What's the point of all this? And it was just like my questions were not answered and it ended up frustrating the hell out of me. Uh, Yeah. So basically they're on a reconnaissance mission because 
the first ship has basically there are people missing and they're, they're there to go retrieve the people that are missing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, and then did you notice, <laughs> this is some trivia, the walls of the ship were actually made out of recycled McDonald containers. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the budget we're dealing with here on this one. Oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so they're going down like super fast, but you know, the captain's, you know, still going to make it work. And somehow they actually do land in one piece. It's supposed to be ripped to shreds in space. <laughs> they they managed to make a safe landing. Um, and then this is where we actually get more of a look at everybody on board. And like you said, the, the scaredy cat who is, uh, cool. Uh, no, uh, I'm sorry. No cause, uh, he's not doing well. This is his first trip out there basically in a space and he's not handling any of this well at all. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even get that. This was his first trip into space. It's like, well, where did I miss that part? Oh, they mention it. Yeah. Later when he's like throwing up and they're like, you'll, you'll get used to all of this. Oh, okay. See, I must yeah. have, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, yeah. Cause uh, that's when, um, uh, Cabrin mentions it's his first time and he kind of comforts him. He says, you'll get used to all this. Okay. Now, were you a Battlestar Galactica fan? Little bit, not, not entirely, but I did catch it here and there and we're talking about the old one yeah i'm talking about the one from the 70s okay so their suits were actually recycled battlestar galactica uniforms oh no way did they have the rope looking things on the battlestar galactica ones i don't know what they did to like alter it but they were suits that were altered so i don't know exactly how they were altered but that's part of the yeah anyway okay so 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 (laughs) i love that fortunately they've landed on a planet where the oxygen is breathable right they didn't Where need the uh, helmets or anything yeah so that saves a lot on budget <laughs> <laughs> so the crew exits with uh balon mr hateful in the lead um and they're uh, basically to me i wrote down trash planet because the thing it looks like just garbage everywhere it does it's it's like there's broken ships strewn about and then it looked like a, a slinky was hanging from the ceiling off one of those places. I mean, it probably was. I, <laughs> it probably was a slinky. <laughs> it was just, and that was the, like when they had gone inside of the ship, or that broken piece of ship that they were in, and uh-huh. um, uh, scaredy cat. The the thing dropped down from the ceiling, and I and I just thought immediately slinky. Well, yeah, that's that. It's a jump scare, and I wrote down killer wiring. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's yep. a couple of jump scares. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But then later on inside the ship that you're talking about, um, Cabrin and uh, I. You know what? I I really just kind of want to use their names. So basically, Porn Stash and Sid Haig, <laughs> <laughs> and they're homies. Like apparently. Yeah. Yeah. They get along. Um. I'm really, I'm just going to do that from now on. Do you care if I do that? No, I'm fine with that because okay, I can't so, pronounce their, aside no. from like Ranger and uh, yeah. Core, the, the other ones, I'm just like, who are these people? Right. So Porn Stash and Sid Haig. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Sid Haig goes through the whole movie with, I think he speaks like one yes. line of sentence. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, because he, he had, didn't. Oh, Go ahead. He didn't think the dialogue in the script matched the <laughs> characters, so he asked Roger Corman if he could play Q-Hot as a near mute. And when Corman asked Sid Haig why, he's like, have you read the script? 
<laughs> yeah, so Mr. Haig has pretty much no dialogue in this thing. Yeah, he just he speaks in hand gestures. Yeah, and uh, just glaring. Yeah, he just a lot glaring. <laughs> but I thought that made me like him even more because it's oh like, yes, yeah. Oh, well, it made. Well, what do you mean? Like finding out that like he's like I'm not going to read the script. Oh uh, like, no, just uh, he. The way he portrayed this character, he was kind of oh, okay. a standout of this film, I would say. Well, it, it made me like him even even more knowing that he's like, no, I'm not going to say this crap. Oh, dialogue. yeah, that that too. <laughs> I mean, that's like he's he's a bad he's like, you know what? You can take your script and shove it up your ass. Right, I'm going right. to do things. I'm my way. I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> but OK, so <laughs> rest in peace to an absolute legend. I know. I love him so much. OK. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I'm afraid there's gonna be a lot of me outbursting with just laughter in this movie. I'm oh, so that's sorry. fine. Um, I'm right there with you, except yeah, still I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Uh, and then so that's also when uh like a dead body drops from the ceiling, uh, another jump scare for Mark. Um and and uh porn stash and uh and Sid basically opened fire on it. And right. It. And Sid Haig throws those crystal glaives. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. And I was trying to write in my notes. How would you kind of, it, they're almost like, like uh, Chinese stars. Yeah. Like really big Chinese stars. Yeah. And they're made of crystal or like glass. So you yeah. can see through them. Yeah. Okay. All right. For people who have not seen it, that's kind of like his little go-to weapon of choice. Mr. And it's like, Haig. why are they killing a dead body that's already dead? Is I what i yeah. have questions about yeah um i don't understand sids because it the crystal doesn't eliminate the body i understand um ed's choice porn stash's choice because it eliminates the body like if it's infected or something it's just burnt to a crisp it's gone yeah it like dematerializes it or whatever yeah i assume what happened with with Sid's choice is he wasn't sure if it was dead or alive and he was going to make sure it was dead. Oh, okay, like gotcha. Like a knee jerk reaction, kind of like a self-defense. Mm -hmm. um, but we also see that there's something kind of stirring around the the um, the blonde character. Yeah, it's like Pops. a little bug looking thing. Yeah, a little. And I kind of like stuff like that. Uh, it's like a stop motion creature. Yeah, I think yeah. I do have a soft spot for all that stuff, like watching those old dinosaur films when when they did this uh, claymation. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It reminds me a lot. I don't know if you're going to remember this or if you've seen the film Piranha. Oh, uh, I did see Piranha, but I don't remember any stop motion in it. So in the very beginning, they're when they're talking about them doing like the experiments and stuff that that altered the piranhas, like <laughs> DNA or whatever. There's a little creature in the lab. It's stop motion like this. And oh, it reminds really? me a lot of this. It's got like a tail and it walks upright. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to watch yeah. that again. Yeah. Corman like always snuck stuff like this in his film. And I love it so much. Um, so anyway, so they're all like looking around the ship and like um, basically uh, Aluma, Joni, the empath, Joni loves Chachi. She's headed off with, uh, I, I put down hateful. That's Balon. <laughs> <laughs> hateful. He's just so mean and grumpy for no reason. Yeah, he's got um, the he's got the shit face. Yeah, exactly. Uh so they they've kind of gone off on their own too while they're looking around. They basically <laughs> as you want to do in these situations, they've all split up. So they've sent, you know, Porn Stash and Sid Haig and then 
Joni Loves Chachi and Hateful have gone off and leaving the blonde scaredy cat alone by himself. <laughs> right. The the first timer. Yeah. So he's like freaking out because he keeps hearing these things, but he doesn't really see the bug, but he's hearing all this stuff. And so he runs off from the noises and stuff and he bumps into like um, the the empath, Joni. Um, and so now they're all, the whole group is reunited and then um, Sid's carrying the, the 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 dead guy back to the ship. Oh, but for yeah, some the- reason, the the blonde who you think would make it his mission to stay with the group falls behind in the ship while the other ones all just like la 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 take off and leave him. Yeah, what was he doing? Daydreaming? He that- tripped, <laughs> and he was going to get his gun, and then that's when he's attacked. <laughs> yeah, and that thing had a lot of limbs. A lot of limbs, a lot of limbs. Now, this movie was originally going to get a rated, uh, an X rating. Why? Because this is one of the reasons. Uh, He was scalped uh, and that had to be cut from the final film. Oh, and that, that warrants an X? That in a combination with other things. And I will get to them as we, as they show up, I'll I'll point them out. Okay. But yeah, it was a, a lot of graphic kills and then a, um, a kind of more of the nudity in the uh, scene coming up with Taffy. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So anyway, so now they're back on board and no one really seems to care that he's gone. Like, <laughs> nope, they're not too no broken one. up about it. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where they're back on board and like, um, what's her name? Damia? Taffy, I'll call her Taffy because I like the name better anyway. Yeah, Taffy. Taffy yeah, Taffy and Ranger, who's Robert England, they're kind of like looking over the the one dead body that they were able to like bring back on board that didn't get burnt to a crisp. <laughs> yeah, nothing had no face. Did you notice that? No, yeah, no, no. There now I I know you're not so far I'm getting the, the vibe you're not a fan, but it had some pretty good gore effects, I thought. Oh, the creature effects and, and all that stuff, that was on point. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, a huge yeah. fan so, of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and then so basically uh, they were saying that the uh, the corpse passed away from a massive hem- hemorrhage from puncture wounds. OK, so that wasn't blonde guy then. No, I don't think so. I don't think it was. OK, I wonder if it was. No, I, I don't think it was because they left with the body. I don't think it was. Maybe it was. I Who knows? I was who so knows? confused. <laughs> Maybe it was. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Anyway, they've got a dead corpse that died from massive puncture wounds. Yeah. Okay. And the, like, right. how would the puncture wounds translate to having no face? Like, because it's, they were clearly talking about, you could see it laid out there. It was a thing with its face almost like sanded off. Right. <laughs> All you saw was just red and raw yeah. meat. And, um, like and meat. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about, it. they were like, oh, the, you know, the, the severity of this and that and. I just, I was like, I thought that was the blonde guy, but okay. It may, you know what? It may very, it may very well. It might've been, might not have been. I guess that's not the point. What matters is it was dead. Yeah, it was dead. Deader than it's dead. Dead is back on the ship. Dead and um, buried. Yeah. And then B- Balon's pointing out that, Hey, the Remus wasn't safe and now we're not either. <laughs> and uh, they're, you know, they're mentioning that there's, there's still four people that's unaccounted for on the other, on the other ship they came to look for. So they still have to investigate and find out what's going on. Um, and then, uh, 
then they're also saying that they're pointing out that they there's a point that pulled them there. And, and what was that all about? They got to figure that out. And I'm thinking, no, you just need to leave. <laughs> yeah, you get on your ship and, and fly somewhere else. Yeah. So they head back out to investigate. And this time there are um, their uh, commander uh, heads out with him, the older gentleman, and he's got horn stash and taffy with him. <laughs> <laughs> and which is nice to know that in space, whatever year this is, there's still sexism because he's still like being creepy with her. <laughs> you know, like some of the stuff he's saying, I'm like, you don't say that to someone you work with. Yeah. Anyway. And then so they split up and then that leaves um, uh, Sid and Joni and Balon. And so they is, go off. are they still in the ship or are they at that monolith thing yet? They're not the monolith. They're just out oh, okay. kind of headed. I think they're in the general direction of the, the the ship they're there to investigate. Gotcha. Okay. Because it basically looks like, <laughs> to me, space buttholes all over the place. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like these like openings and they're all over, you know, and, and, and they're, they're very windy. You know, but it just to me, it looks like these giant gaping space buttholes that they're. It does. Yes. (laughs) Sphincters. (laughs) Right. Right. And then we've got the the commanders kind of like everyone in charge seems very questionable to me because now he's like wondering why the master would even put him in charge of this mission. And I'm thinking you shouldn't be saying this out loud to the people underneath you. Right. Because he was talking about I'm old and then. um. And she says, you're not old. And he's like, not when I'm looking at you. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you don't say this shit to Taffy. She deserves better than this. Exactly. I'm like, no. So no wonder why Sid Haig was like, I'm not going to talk in this movie. Exactly. Can you imagine? And then so he sees like something in the in one of these like cavernous openings in the butthole. Yeah. In the butthole. He's peering too deeply into the butthole. And then he gives this like, was it doubt is the is brother demon to despair. Right. And I wrote that down, actually. Yeah. I'm like, what? So anyway, so he decides he's going to like basically go spelunking down there. And the other (laughs) two, like Taffy's like, I'm an expert at this. You should let me go down there. I'm a trained climber. But he's like, no, I'm going to do this. (laughs) And porn stash is like, let me. And he's like, no, I'm old and frail. I want to do this. I'm the leader. (laughs) So, So they let him head down there and. You see the rope is like basically like in the rock, not being held very well. So it like tears yeah. loose and he kind of starts to plummet and they grab it. But then he's not down there alone. No, because there's like tentacles coming out of the buttholes. Well, you're being very kind. Basically, it looks like giant fleshy hand puppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call everything tentacles now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's supposed to be tentacles, but like it was clearly someone's hand shoved in a puppet yeah <laughs> shoved in a puppet's ass yeah and it looked I, clearly it was almost like leeches like yeah like they leeches. had uh long long tendrils but at the end of the tendrils it was more like suction suctiony things and they had like these kind of like eyes that made them look like they had pink eye yeah like, and then they, they were eye make, drops. they were making sucking noise <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly well then they go to pull up the rope <laughs> 
to save him, but there's nothing on there. So, of course, Pornstash heads down there only to find his harness just dangling there. Yeah, and, and his backpack gone. there, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, his backpack. Yeah, and it was just gone. Um, so now there's there's another down. So we're down uh, two more people from the ship. Yeah. And uh, and it, they don't seem to care too much about that the no, captain is gone. No, they're also lackadaisical about everybody. They're yeah. like, oh, whatever. It's like, oh, the captain's dead. Looks like I'm in charge now. Okay. Yeah, well, because basically they, they now we're back on board and we've got um, Grace Sabrinsky. Uh, and then the, I put down the Martian. He's the cook. And they're on board and she's talking about the master sends meat so the devil can cook it. And I'm like, what are you going on about? Like, yeah, she's like flipping her flipping her wig is, there man she's lost <laughs> and then <laughs> and then robert ranger robert england shows up and asks her a question and then she freaks out when he just mentions the hesperus again like she cannot handle any talk about that that other mission she was on yeah and i wanted i actually wanted to know more about that mission yeah it did not she did not come back from that okay <laughs> She was deeply disturbed. She was. She was. Well, and then now we're back outside, but we're with a different crew. So we've got Joni and Balon and Sid Haig. Um, and they find this like charcoal imprint of another person who's been burnt. Oh, yeah. OK, I remember that. And now we find that this opening is like it's almost like a stone like circle that closes it. But uh Sid is uses little crystal like weapon thing. Yeah, he flung his uh, two ninja stars at Yeah, uh, to yeah. keep it. And I'm thinking this is glass. How is that to me that's like the worst weapon. <laughs> right. Ever. I was like how are you going to hold a stone open with some glass crystal thing thing of doohickeys, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, this is when they start feeding you little lines to like clue you in on everybody because they mention a wormhole and then just real casually Taffy's like I hate worms. Oh, I didn't catch that part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that'll come into play. Okay. But anyway, so yeah. So the glass, of course, against the stone does not work and it smashes. Um, and then like Sid gets this like crushed look like he's he just very, shot a puppy in front of him. Right. He's very unhappy. <laughs> and porn stash kind of comforts them and everything. Yeah. He does and, the little hand gesture. And... Yeah. Yeah. So they make it inside and they tell uh, they tell uh, Sid Haig he's got to stay there and guard the opening. And they give him a gun and uh, Sid Haig freaks out. Yeah. And he gets his, his one line. He's like, I live, I live and die by the crystals. Yes, I live and die by the crystals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Sid, you should have just went full mute, man. Full mute, Sid. Just go for it. Commit. I'm sorry. I've got to laugh a lot in this. I totally apologize. Oh, okay. Um, but he begrudgingly takes the weapon. And then this is where we hear um, Joni mention that she hates tight spaces. Ah, yes. And that's going to come into play later on. Yeah. And then the, um, the, 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 uh, the people who have moved on, leaving um, Sid alone, find themselves in this room with these like glowing kind of like tubes. And, you yeah. know, uh, well, the, the, didn't like those tubes, didn't they also look like glowing buttholes too? Where, sort of. It's very everything, Yeah. Everything is just like circular and yeah. you can hear well, wind passing. Yeah. Like intestine and windy. Yeah. It's yeah. all very. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> what, what did Walt say? <laughs> He's like, it was a cheap form of HR Geiger. So he called it Geiger. He's like, it's a Geiger. <laughs> He's on point with that, man, for real. That's definitely yeah. some like a uh, Geiger ripoff. But then, so like Balon's being all bitchy and he wants to move ahead. And like, Joni's like, I, I'm not okay with this. But then like, uh, Taffy, she's like, I'm going to go back because I've had enough. And then Balon's like, have you ever had enough? And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Where did that come from, Mr. Hateful? And Taffy's going to go back to what, though? That's what I'm wondering. I, I think the ship is what she's saying. But I'm like, you're really just going to head back by yourself? Yeah, that's what I I'm thinking, know. too. It's like, how far from the ship are you? Because clearly you're, you know, you're in some kind of tunnel system or whatever the hell it was um like inside of that monolith thing that i'm talking yeah about. yeah i don't it, yeah and how so, far from the ship is that like is that 10 minutes or is that like an hour like you know how much time has passed see in my mind it's far far away because they didn't have a handle on the landing they just kind of crash landed mm -hmm. so they didn't control where they landed so in my mind it's far away but then knowing what we know about the planet, how close is it? Maybe it put them there very close. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we don't know. I <laughs> Right. Yeah. So that's just weird. And, you know, there, there's a lot of these little things that kind of build up to like ultimate what the hell's going on here. Yeah. See, and I don't care at all because I, I have so much fun with it. It just does not matter. Like I, I the whole space thing, like I love Alien. I love the like they're all in like matchy matchy outfits and mm -hmm. <laughs> they're kind of semi good looking people. And there's just weird shit going on. Like I love crap like this. Like I will watch these kind of movies endlessly. Oh, <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I'm just very, very confused. still. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love shit like this. <laughs> like, anyway, okay. I'm sure if I watch this movie like three or four more times, I would probably figure it out and then I would get to that point. But upon first watching, it was like, I don't know what's going on here. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay. It makes you wonder if they did as they were filming it too. Did they have questions too? Were they like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, did Roger Corman keep them in the dark about the script? Well, not the script, but like things that were happening. And then they're questioning. They're like, what's my motivation? Why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? And he's like, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. But damn, your ass looks fine in that uniform. Come on. <laughs> and he passed porn stash on the butt, just sends him on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so so basically, uh, Taffy leaves the group to head back and check on Sid Haig. Um, and then now Balon's actually kind of headed onward. He's just left everybody else. He's like, you know, screw you. You stay here and talk whatever I'm going on. Yeah. He so that care. leaves porn stash and Joni kind of on their own. And they're a couple, by the way, clearly. Yeah, them two stick together. together like glue. Yeah, yeah, they're together because clearly she's dumped Chachi in space. Chachi doesn't exist. It's all about porn stash, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So the opening is going to close again, and somehow Sid ends up on the other side of it. Right, and and so he's his little crystal thing has turned on him because that would be his fear, I guess, because he's going to die by the crystal, right? He lives and dies by the crystal. Right. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
<laughs> so his crystal gets embedded, it breaks off one of the little crystal, you know, uh, prongs of it, you know, the little pointy end breaks off and starts working its way up his arm. Yeah. Like, and that was a I'm cool assuming. effect. I love Oh yeah. That. Heck yeah. Like towards, I, I'm assuming it's going to make its way to his brain or something. Or I to guess. his heart. Kill him, I to guess. To his yeah. heart. Yeah. Something D- down to his t- like left testicle. We don't know. <laughs> it's going to cut um, his dick off. <laughs> cut you, I'll, cut you, I'll cut your crotch. <laughs> so he uses the weapon to chop his arm off thinking that will stop the inevitable but it does not right i had to rewind that a couple of times because i thought he did a karate chop and just was so powerful that he his arm ripped right off yeah no, uh, so but his yeah arm, he actually used the crystal to cut his arm off yeah his arm's been severed but oh no it's got the other crystal weapon and it flings it at him, <laughs> killing him. oh man that was so great it's like a severed arm just positioning itself and then chook, a little exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now we're back on ship real quick, and Ranger is looking for the captain. And then we've got this is the weirdest scene ever. So we've got um, Core, the 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 cook. He's reading a book, and then Ranger like reacts like he's like doing a human sacrifice or something. Like he's never seen a book in his life, and it like freaks him out. <laughs> did you notice that like the reaction he has to a book i did but i didn't realize what that reaction was about no i still don't know <laughs> but the two go back to look for the captain because she's nowhere to be found on the ship they can't figure out where she's gone where grace crazy grace is gone oh yeah did we go did we gloss over that part where she's like oh, firing no. the lasers no 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 oh, okay yet. okay okay because now we're back outside the opening with the uh, amputated arm that's covered in maggots. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and so now Taffy's freaking out and she sets him on fire, but she doesn't notice the arm covered in maggots. Right. And that uh, a singular maggot has made its way to going <laughs> full size. It's growing to epic proportions. <laughs> oh, yes. It's, uh, it's engorged. Exactly. Okay. So now... Um, we're back inside and the three Balon, Pornstash, and Joni have come to a tube room. And they're faced with all these tubes and it's causing Joni to get a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Now we're back outside with Taffy. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and she's trying very desperately to get a hold of anybody on the ship, but they don't care at all. <laughs> I'm getting so dizzy now. <laughs> and the bug's getting bigger. And bigger and do you love when she steps in the snail trail <laughs> okay the, this is what i had a problem with right here i mean that bug had to be the most silent maggot ever because oh, yeah. it was oh, right yeah. directly behind her and she's just walking backwards you know doing her thing yeah <laughs> and doesn't even hear the sounds of squishing or anything but we can Nothing. hear those sounds clearly Yes. No, she's just so distraught over the giant, I guess, snail trail. And then it's behind her and then suddenly it engulfs Taffy. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and I thought I really thought that was going to be the end of it. But no, I was treated to a full on uh, interspecies erotica show, basically. OK, so technically that was supposed to be the end of it. But Roger Corman was promised sex and nudity. And this uh-huh. is the only way he could get it. So it ended up becoming basically giant space insect 
<laughs> sexual assault, <laughs> which caused her clothes to kind of slime off of her somehow. It's. I thought the creature was secreting some kind of acidic clothes. Clothing. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just making shit up as I go along now. I think you're probably. But on like point her with clothes that. were slowly melting off of her. And right. I'm just like, okay, we got some nudity. I'm, I'm all right with that, even though the uh, the giant maggot does kind of put me off a little bit. <laughs> but it's like. So, so, Rob, I was a kid. Like I was probably like in my early teens when I caught this on cable. I okay. can't tell you the effect that this had on, like, I felt sick. It scarred you for life. <laughs> it was like the most bizarre, because I didn't even see that coming. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I remember, didn't. like, I saw her shiny breast, and I thought, wait, what? And then, like, you know, and then it's on top of her, and there's kind of, like, gyration. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, like, I could not take it all in. And it then at so some horrifying. point, like, in the, in the cut that I watched, I mean, uh, of course, there was more that was cut out, I found out. But yeah. in the cut that I watched, she was kind of moaning in ecstasy a little bit. Yes. So again, to our X rating, um, she actually, they had filmed her. There was more nudity, which the actress Taffy had not agreed to any nudity. Right. She actually got more money by doing a topless scene. Some of the nude scenes were actually a standard they got for her. Um, there was more thrusting of the insect. and. Um, there was, uh, more of shots of her face in ecstasy, which had to be cut. And from... then there was a climax of both of them. Yeah. Which, which I can't even bring anyway, <laughs> which is just disgusting upon disgusting in so many levels. Oh. Like it's just horrifying on so many levels, but that also had to be cut to avoid the X rating for galaxy of terror. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, this is where the fly came from. The fly, the Just, movie, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh god, the the uh, interspecies rape scene led to Jeff Goldblum being born. <laughs> it's just so I don't even know why you, I don't know why you would go there. Like I don't even what mind would be like. I need sex and yeah. I need nudity. We're gonna go this route with this. Well, like, we are talking about the guy who made fish rape, you know. I, so. but I, I don't under, you could have just as easily gone like the Starship Trooper route and had them all like in a shower scene. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Okay, that, so. I mean, why didn't you do that? Like, why? I don't know. Oh. But anyway, now we're back on board because I don't want to stay here too long. No, I don't want to linger on It makes me feel icky. It makes me feel really icky. So we're back on board. Um, And they realized that. Our crazed captain has now fired the retro cannons, which are only supposed to be used in space, not while you're landed. Oh, really? I thought she was playing a video game. No, no, <laughs> no. What is happening is the planet is effing with her and it's causing her to relive the first go round and she believes that she's being attacked. Okay. Yeah, so it's messing with her. And she's turned the emergency manual uh, on the ship so that it can't be overridden. And then we see that the cook, I'm using air quotes, has actually knocked Ranger on the head. Yeah, he was hiding because Ranger was looking for him. Um, Okay, let me backtrack a minute. Okay, because, yeah, um, she freaks out. She runs off and he's like, don't open the door, Captain. Uh, Cor says that. 
don't open the door. And then like she opens the door and then she's greeted with like melted face. Wait, wait, no, you're jumping. Okay. So, so, so she's doing the whole attack thing. He hits her on the head. And then this is where he reveals to her because she's still shooting at the, the, the plane. And then this is where um, the cook reveals that he was on the Hesperus with her. And she's oh. like, no, I was the only survivor. And he's like, no, I was with you. And then that's when she runs off. Okay. And then, yeah. Shit. I, yeah, sorry. I missed that part. No, you're fine. And then that's when he sees a uh, uh, ranger says, he sees the cook. He's like, someone knocked me from behind. And he sees the captain run off into the airlock and he chases after her. Okay. I had it a little backwards. All right. Yeah. And then that's when he opens it and we get charcoal grace. <laughs> <laughs> and what hit her in the face? That's what I'm wondering. Did somebody have a blaster at the ready? And who shot her with it? No, I think it was the airlock. I think there was something in there that caused like a blast to go off. Oh, okay. And she was burnt. Yeah. Now we're back outside and we find uh, uh, Taffy's nude body. And then Balon, you know, gun crazy Balon just vaporizes her. Yeah, he's... a. Uh, it's like he doesn't even take the time to, uh, you know, admire the the slimy nude body. You know, he just no, not at all. Turns well, no, right no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like it was Sid Haig nude. Um, <laughs> um, so now they're all back on the ship, and then um, uh, they're trying to figure out, you know, is it, you know, is there something moving through the dimensions, um. Uh, you know, they, you know, Joni just wants to go back home. Yeah. Um, you know, what's going on? And they decide they're all going to he head back out. And Joni's like, I'm not going to stay on the ship alone. So she goes back with them. So they go back to the other ship. And then, you know, Joni keeps saying that she's sensing something. Um, and this is where Ranger says that he doesn't trust uh, Core. There's something up with Core and he doesn't trust him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's the one who hit you on the head, <laughs> but exactly, you don't know that. Exactly. Yeah. And so now uh, he also mentions that he doesn't want core anywhere behind him. He wants him in front of him because he doesn't trust him. He wants, he always wants to be behind core wherever they go. Hmm. So he can check out that booty. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so now they're back inside and we see more of these narrow openings and she is really getting, Joni is really getting freaked out. And then this is where she like, she's asks Hornstash if he's getting frightened. And he says, no, I'm too scared to be afraid. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> I'm too scared to be afraid. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't make that does. I don't understand that at all. That makes no sense to me. Whatever. Anyway, um, now this is also where back inside that that what were you calling it? That that place where they enter, um, like a big giant. Yeah, like that monolith looking thing, monolith. Right? Yeah. So Balon is also starting to hear these like growling noises and, and kind of see things out of the corner of his eye. Oh, yeah. Get, and like, we catch jittery. little. Yeah, we catch little glimpses of that, like a uh, creature in the shadows kind of thing. Yeah. So um, now they've got to go down the tunnels to get further. And Hornstash goes first. And then Joni goes down. 
but her backpack comes off and it kind of like leaves her. It's kind of dark where she is and she's really freaking out. She kind of gets in that little fetal position. <laughs> but then Ranger comes down and pushes her further. So it kind of knocks her back into, you know, consciousness. She's not like freaking out anymore. And they all end up on that light bridge. Yeah, that, that was some interesting effects right there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. You could tell they kind of had a budget somewhat. Yeah. They saved it on not wearing helmets. They um, <laughs> And using McDonald's takeout. Exactly, exactly. And then um, to me, this is where I think you really start to notice a shift in Core's personality. Yes, because he's he, like, oh, this is a magnificent piece of work. And he seems more like before he was always in the background, but now he's taking more of like a, like almost a leadership. Role. Right. And didn't he remind you of Bishop from Alien a little bit? Okay. So this is when Walt's like, because Walt's seen this before, but it's been a while. And he's like, he said that. He's, he's like, is he like, uh, uh, no, what's not Bishop? Who's the other one from Alien? Oh, sorry, sorry. It's not Bishop. It's uh, the first, the first uh, sy- yeah. synthetic humanoid. Yeah, but anyway, that's what Walt's like. He's like, is is he like the that guy from Alien? He's going to turn out to be a robot. And I'm like, well, do you want to know? And so I ruined it for him. But I'm not yeah. going to ruin it. Just <laughs> that's yeah. what I was but, thinking. Yeah. I was like, this is uh, yeah. this is uh, he's not human, and we just don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. And then so we also start. Did you see the part where like Balon's shadow kind of morphs real briefly? Yes, I did see that. Yeah, and he's getting more and more jittery, which makes me nervous because he's holding a gun, and we already know he's gun happy. Yeah, he's uh, he's trigger happy, he's angry, yeah. and now he's very afraid. Yeah, and then we see the little claws that are following, like, underneath on the walkway. <laughs> yes. And then R- Ranger trips and blames it on Balon, but, you know, was it Balon that did it, or was it that little creature thing? Yeah, I think that creature tripped him. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, so then um, he tells... Um, Balon's going to hang back and he tells him he'll catch up with the rest of the crew because they kind of take off on their own into that passageway and he kind of hangs back. Yeah. And and then that's when I see now I want to call him Bishop. That's when Kor is messing around with the doorways. He's like, you stick you, I stick my hand in here and then it closes this and then I turn it like this and then it does that. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden they actually sever their, um, link with Balon. The door closes and now Balon's sealed off in the dark. Right. You see the little noise. You hear the noises, the little glowing eyes. Yep. Yeah. And then um uh he loses his backpack, right? Doesn't he, his backpack fall off, if I'm not mistaken? I think so that or he falls and loses his backpack. I don't know. It's one of those things happened. I remember the creature attacks but then just disappears. Yeah, because he was ready to face it. And then it right. just kind of morphed into nothingness. Yeah. And then Joni figures out another way to open the door. And then there's that bloody creature attack as Balon plunges to his death over the side of the, the walkway. Oh, that was so awesome. Well, there was more to it. There were during the evisceration, like his entrails poured out and everything. But that had to be cut for the X rating, too. Oh, so when it grabbed him, it was actually going to like disembowel him too but exactly we didn't, we didn't yeah, see that, that had part. to be cut as well okay yeah and then apparently i guess a giant slug actually grabbed him and pulled his pants down and we saw like him like you know like 
having intercourse as the body fell over the side. Now I know you're fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> I think in Roger Corman's world, that would have happened. Probably. Uh, yeah, the, who would, the, the slug hand would have been sucking him off or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. But no, the the uh, the entrails, and the evisceration, I'm not making up. That was actually had to be removed for the uh, to avoid the X rating. That's crazy, considering all of the gore that we have seen in other movies that didn't even have an X rating. Yeah, it's I wonder. If they just saw the whole insect copulation and they just went crazy after that. And they're like, nope, this has got to go. This has got to go. This has got to go. You know, I'm thinking that might be it. That could <clears throat> yeah. be a good reason. Yeah. So this is where Ranger turns on core and um, like, he's just done with him. He's like, you know, you're the, you're the cause of him dying. And, and Joni's like, I hate this place. And I want out of here. And, um, then core just kind of like takes off and porn stash goes in search of him. And then this is where, yeah. And they Ranger all get starts, split up in like a weird kind of house of mirrors type thing. Well, Ranger starts having visions and Johnny's like, well, you're damned if you do. And you're damned if you don't. <clears throat> and then Ranger turns on porn stash and he's like, you're the, you were the patron say of the Academy. And you could tell he's kind of like losing his grip on. Yeah. He's on freaking his, out. Yeah. He's freaking out too. And he he pulls out a gun on porn stash and turns it on Joni. And, and he then, says buddy a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. And then and then porn stash kind of comforts him and cools him down. And that's where there's this like neon like triangle. And then it basically we figure out it's like portals to other dimensions or whatever. It separates them. So Joni goes through one and she's sealed off from the other two. Okay, yeah. I, I yeah. I now know, then, remember that. Yep. Yeah, Ranger goes through one. He's sealed off, and then that leaves um, Pornstash all by himself, too. Yeah, and so they're all walking through, and that's where I got, like, the House of Mirrors thing from because it it really looked like a warped kind of House of Mirrors. Right, exactly. And then so we see that Ranger is actually being attacked by an evil Ranger, like an evil version of himself. Oh, and didn't – okay, when you saw that part, didn't you think, like, Robert England is so good at playing, like, the deranged killer? Um, cause he's just got that look on his face and it's just, he like, does. Yes. I totally agree with you. Yeah. He's very good at that. Yeah. And yeah. I totally, I saw like shades of Freddy Krueger, the villain from uh, Ford Fairlane. <laughs> just like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, then finally there's like little, um, it almost looks like a membrane but you can see through it. And then Joni realizes that she can see porn stash, but they can't hear each other. Right. So then they're just like uh, communicating through hand signals once again. Yeah. So he's like, you know, head back and I'll meet up with you kind of thing. Uh, and then uh, uh, bad Ranger versus good Ranger. Uh, they're, they're fighting. And then all of a sudden one of them grabs, well, I guess bad Ranger grabs good Ranger's knife. And there's like a little, like an attack with the knife. Yeah, and he gets cut, and then Good Ranger, like during the scuffle, he he fires off some rounds, and he realizes that the uh, the bad version of himself does ha has no blood, no guts, so yeah, he's like, and, it can't be real. And then also, Joni is uh, realizes to get out, she's got to go through this like glowing tunnel entry, and she's not liking that. And then Pornstash sees her approaching it, so he knows that she's got to go through it. And this is where she meets her demise because she gets down in the tube and she's attacked by like wires almost. And what? Sentient oh. wires that yeah. start just like 
squishing her to death, basically. And it was gross because it looked like they were going underneath her clothes, under the skin and just kind of bubbling up. I, I, yeah, I think what they, I think what it was is they were almost squeezing her so tight. It was causing the skin to puncture and blood just to pop out. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then for some reason she lost her face too. Yeah. I think it ripped it off, but he wanted her clothes to be ripped off. And she was like, absolutely no. Um, she did not want to be killed in a gory fashion, but she agreed to let them amp up the gore in, in, um, in place of doing a nude scene. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, you gotta have compromise, but the noises, the sound effects of breaking bones had to be removed to, uh, also keep from getting an R rating in that scene. An R rating or an X rating? I'm sorry. X rating X. Oh, thank you, okay. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. An X rating. Yeah. Cause this movie's only PG. What, what? No. <laughs> um, but of course, you know, porn stash arrives too late. She's toast. And it's now it's just him and Ranger basically at the center of this monolith kind of thing. Yeah. And then the, there's a stairway to which uh core is at the top of. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then they, well, they see that, that, that core is at the top. And then he says that this is, um, this is hardly a beginning and that, Robert or Ranger's like super pissed and that these stairs start like showing up a step at a time. Basically, it's like a magical staircase. <laughs> yeah, that, that lights up every time you step on it. Right. Yeah. And then uh, what was it? Beat it or Billy Jean started playing. Um, <laughs> and then Ranger's like done with this crap. He's like, watch out for him as porn stash ascends towards him. And then core runs off. Yeah. Uh, with- so and this is the last time we see Ranger, isn't it? Yeah, he's just gone. And I want to talk more about that. So don't forget it. Okay, okay. Rob, because I'm yep. afraid I will. Okay. Um, so we get to this room and there sits Core. Like, you know, he's like, it was a little crisscross applesauce. Yeah, he's in the middle of the room. He's doing a meditation there. Exactly. And now we see that his face is glowing red and just like the, the master. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then Ed or Porn Stash, I was going to call him Edward. Porn Stash realizes that. Or actually knows this place. He's familiar with this environment. Now, does and, Porn Stash oh, know who the master was or, I, or is? I think he's starting to put things in place, but I don't really think he knew for sure. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, but I, I mean, when he saw... I think it's a puzzle. He's putting it together as he's okay. figuring things out. Does that make sense? Yeah. That. Do- oh, wait, because I jumped ahead, uh, which is usual for me. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, Core is just kind of meditating and explaining things to him, but he doesn't yeah. do the little flashy thing yet. No. So I'll get yeah. So Ed just tries or Porn Stash just tries to shoot him, and um, he's like, you know, that's no avail. I you, you won't be able to kill me. And he's like, I'll find a way to kill you. Um, and then Core says to to Porn Stash, "You've already won the game." And he explains that the pyramid is a a, a game that was. Uh, was uh, conceived as a way to uh, by a banished race uh, to teach their children how to recognize their fears. And then that red strobing light starts flashing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, all of the things start attacking porn stash. So there's the creature attack. Yeah. Like every, uh, everything that the, like all of the fears combined basically. Well, and I know I'm not speaking for you, but when that slug appeared, I thought, hot damn. I was ready to suck it off. 
<laughs> well, no, I know. I'm kidding. Sure he was going to like, you know, <laughs> melt his clothes off. Oh, yeah. And mount him. And, but no, none of that happened. <laughs> but then the leech showed up and then, you know, the, and then he shoots the slug and then all of a sudden he's alone again. And then um, the bug that that, that attacked uh, our our scaredy cat cause from the beginning is there. Yes. Um, and then our our red ball of light becomes that blue tubing. And all of a sudden our victims are there. Yeah. And which is weird because I didn't see all of the victims. Well, we, we had uh Taffy cause we got our slimy boob nudity again, yep. which she got more money for full so frontal. At least she got that. And then we got Sid Haig <clears throat> and then we had Balon in the blonde. Yep. And then, then Sid shows up and does that like hand signal and they fight. And then we see that Joni's popped back up. And they're like, like doing that like intimate thing. And then he like kind of rolls away from her and then she approaches and leans in for a kiss, except she's actually going to like choke him. Yeah. And she does choke him and he grabs her chest. Yeah. Um, and and uh, of, it turns it out like paper mache or something. <laughs> yeah. And she's covered in like the like the wirings underneath her flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we get our our. Uh, our master back with his red face. Master like, Bader. Yeah. And then he's like, it's just you and me, the porn stash, except he's like, now your rage is gone. Yeah. He's like, and now then, you, you don't want to kill me, do you? Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like these little beams shoot out of porn stash. Yeah. Where and, did, like, how did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I love it. Um, <laughs> um, and then, uh, the, um, uh, uh, he's like, uh, now I'm only an old man and, and you cannot kill the power. Yeah. He says, uh, uh you, it is the master. You only killed an old man. You did not kill the master. And, exactly. And then I was like, you know what? I think there was a transference of power at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Because, uh, porn stash is like, well, I could leave. And then core's like, well, you will still be the master even if you leave. And so he just vaporizes. Core. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, then uh, porn stash's uh, head gets enveloped in red light. Mm -hmm. And then the pyramid glows and the credits start to roll. Yeah. And what the now, hell happened to Robert England? Okay. So that's <laughs> what I want to talk to you about. Do you, will you, of course. So Grace was the sole survivor of the last go round, correct? Uh, wait, was the last go round one of those tests too then? I'm thinking it was. And I think that Ranger is the sole survivor of this go round. So I think Ranger if this is all like going to continue, I think that Ranger will come back there with another crew to save oh. this crew. I think it's going to be a, like a continuous loop. Okay. So each time the person who conquers their fears becomes the master. And then like the one who gets left behind, who, who like basically conquers the fears as well, but just like doesn't follow through completely. Yeah, can't become the master, so they become like the the PTSD soul survivor. I, and going with that, so apparent, I think that Hornstash will be a part of the crew, and I think Horn Hornstash will come up to Ranger at some point and say, "You weren't the soul survivor. I was on there with you," ah, and that will cause okay. that will cause Ranger to freak out and take his life. Yeah, that. That actually makes sense. Even though I'm still trying to make sense of this entire movie, <laughs> that does make sense. That's just how I think. Just just kind of, this is me. I'm not basing this on a damn thing other than my speculation, but just going with 
having seen it so many times and kind of filling in things, I kind of think that that's where this is going, I think. That's good logic. Okay. Because I'm thinking of it like this. Like maybe Kor was just a, an old man, like a human at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, they came to the monolith. Uh, him and Grace were the only ones who actually served. Did I say Grace? Yeah, Grace. It's Grace. That's her name. Yeah. Grace. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they were yeah, the, the captain, the Grace okay. captain. Yeah, they were the only two who basically made it to like the end game, but she didn't follow through all the way. So Cora was the one who walked up and you know faced uh, faced the final part of the game, and uh, he took on the master's persona, I think, and then like you know he remembers. So then he it brings it back to he's on the ship with her, and he's like, "You weren't the sole survivor. I was right there with you." blah, 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 you know, but he's all calm and creepy about it. And, and she's just like losing her fucking mind. Right. So she would have been the Ranger character. Like Ranger would be her the Mm -hmm. next go round. Yes. That's what I think. Well, that makes sense. That sounds pretty logical to me. That's what I, the only, the only complaint I have is in theory, the slug really should have melted porn stashes clothes off. (laughs) That's my only complaint with the film. Oh, man. I just, uh, (laughs) I saw no need for the slug sex scene. No, Um, no, no, no. no. And then as I'm reading this, it's like she used a body double for the full nudity. But then Corman told her she still needed to go topless. He said he would just shoot her at an angle so that nothing was revealed. When she agreed, Corman filmed the scene. He had the cameraman angle the camera so her bare breasts were clearly visible. So she got screwed over in that part right there. If they tell you to get naked and they're going to film it so no one will see it, they are lying to you. It's like, don't worry, we'll just do a tasteful nude. (laughs) It's a blatant lie. It's a blatant lie. Well, you learned that from the film you were in. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) I'll never do that again. I mean... Maybe I will, but like, I'll have to double the money next time. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But no. So, okay. So we've survived Galaxy Quest together. Galaxy Quest. If only it was Galaxy Quest. (laughs) Galaxy of Terror together. So would you recommend anyone watch it? Oh, I would, but I would put in a disclaimer. I'd be like, if you're like me, you're not going to be able to follow this film. You'll probably have to watch it at least two or three times to figure things out or have a friend like you to talk about it with. And so hopefully, you know, they, we can make sense of the entire thing that just happened. Did you have fun with it at all? I did. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't hate it. It's just, I didn't, uh, most of the time throughout the film, I was like, where the fuck am I? I'm lost. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I do say, though, I think I, I can totally see where some people will be like, I don't want to have to watch a movie more than once. But I, I do say that, you know, once you watch it more than once, they really do lay things out. It just kind of comes at you like at gangbusters or it's just mentioned like they don't like shine a spotlight on it. It's just kind of mentioned in passing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it really is all kind of like laid out for the most part. And that's why the ending that was speculation on my part, but like little things, you know, like her mentioning, Oh, I hate worms or, Oh, I don't like tight spaces or, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, she, you know, she fired this or whatever that is all kind of laid out. So it's there. It's just, you know, it's not like there's a giant beacon shining down on it. Yeah. And it happens so fast that for mm -hmm. someone like me who needs a little bit more explanation, it's harder for me to latch onto. Yeah. But 
If you're looking for like gore, I think it's got that. Well, it's got that, and it's got like some a little bit of nudity, N- not yeah, as much got, as I'd like, but you know, a little and bit. It's, <laughs> and, it, and none for me, gosh darn it, because they blew it with that slug scene. Um, <laughs> missed opportunity in my book. Um, and it, it's all practical effects for the most part, like as far as like the the gore and the creatures and stuff. None of that's like really CGI. Oh yeah, like did they yeah. even have CGI at that point? Or was... I guess technically they did. If you're going to talk about like the little laser beams coming from porn stash's chest and things like that. But, yeah. Yeah. And and the lasers coming from the guns. Like how would they do that? I, it reminded me a lot of Tron. If you ever saw Disney's Tron. Oh yeah, I did. It's on that level of, of CGI. So they're just using lighting effects basically. Exactly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But anyway, so, well, I really, Rob, I really do appreciate you doing this for me. Hey, that's sorry. I was coughing, so I had to mute the mic. Oh, (laughs) but no need, my friend. That's like we are here to watch movies and bring them to the masses. So you know that's that's kind of what we do. It's par for the course. Yeah. Now I I love this film, and I cannot recommend enough to anyone who likes those kind of like goofy sci-fi horror mashups. If you're fans of Roger Corman. You know, check it out. Uh, Robert England, completist. You need to see this. Uh, uh, anyone who's into Sid Haig, this is a must watch. Um, any Aaron Moran fans out there or Edward Albert fans, you got to see this too. Um, just weird, odd, quirky um, horror sci-fi movies. You need to, you need to have at least seen this once at least, I think. Yeah. And in my opinion, Sid Haig outshines everybody in this movie. Well, in the slug. <laughs> the slug. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I would watch this movie for Sid Haig. I mean, he's I, pretty darn cool. I yeah. got to tell you that he's pretty darn cool. There are some actors that I feel that way. Like uh, Danny Trio is one of them and Sid Haig is another. So it's yeah. like, I would watch any film with Danny Trio or Sid Haig. Yeah, he's pretty cool in this. He really is. Yeah, he really is. Um, but anyway, so, uh, coming up next, we will be dealing with kind of keeping that space theme going, but, uh, on earth, we're going to be dealing with killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. And we're gonna, we are going to go back to campiness, I guess. Um, and I wonder if killer clowns will be as awesome as I remember it, or, you know, will, will my eyes have changed and my age. So how long ago? Have you seen this film? It must have been at least 30 years now. Oh, my gosh. Okay, because I've I've seen it pretty much within the last year. Okay, okay, so I'm curious to get your spin on this. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's 28 to 30 years at least. Okay, all right. Interesting. All right. So for uh, for that, uh, we will look forward to seeing you next next time on the show. And for now, we appreciate you being with us because the more the scarier, I always say. Yeah, and if you'd uh, like to get in touch with us, let us know what you thought of Galaxy of Terror or any other thing that we have covered. You can email us at mmccpod at gmail.com or... And I, oh, thank you. And I'm always available at uh, Instagram at the Midnight Mass Creature Cast account. I'm happy to speak with you. And I appreciate all the new followers we've been getting over there. Nice. We've been getting a lot more. We have, we have, and I appreciate that. Oh, very cool. Thank you. It makes me happy. Yes, exactly. It makes me happy. 
So uh, until next time, stay spooky. <laughs>